Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos, a podcast about the Baltimore Orioles. Whoop a dee doo, it's rebuild season. Aren't we excited? Oh, it's just a fantastic time here around Baltimore with the rebuild season. But let's all just be patient. Again, you can reach me anytime, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Any social media platform, hit me up, uh, fullcountchaos.com, and head over to iTunes. Shoot me a review if you can. A lot to go over today. Uh, I got an email that came in from a gentleman by the name of Alexander. Had a pretty interesting and funny moment at Camden Yards. Going to get to that. Also, I'm going to get to the Gary Thorne segment, brand new segment we're doing. Just something stupid, just pointing out all the fun stuff that Gary Thorne says throughout the week that makes himself look a little asinine-ish. Wonder if that's a word. Uh, of course, more Oriole talk, but one thing that is scaring the shit out of me, and it should scare the shit out of you as well, uh, last year and this year, there's rumors about um, Vegas being interested in buying the Orioles. Wait, what did you say? You know, a while ago, about a year ago, we were, we were hearing that, you know, Angelos and the family, they wouldn't sell it and they love Baltimore, but it's a business. And when you don't make money, what are you doing, right? If someone's willing to buy a product that is not making money, nine times out of 10, you're probably going to do it because you don't like losing money. But the big massive dispute that's been going on for a while between Washington and Baltimore Washington and Baltimore came to an agreement. They signed the dotted line, and now Washington's crying like a little bitch because they feel they should make more money. Well, unfortunately, Masson continuing to take them back to court. Uh, A Major League Baseball Committee decision awards the Nationals nearly $100 million, about $20 million a year, in additional fees for 2012 through 2016. And the Orioles, Friday night when they played Tampa Bay, there was, what, 8,000 fans there? And I can't exactly sit here and complain because I wasn't there. I don't go to as many games as I have uh, used to. But they're just not putting asses in the seats. And when you're not making money doing that, and now you got to pay the Washington Mass and network a whole dick load of money, well, you got Vegas sitting over here saying, hey, we'll take all this drama bullshit from you. We'll, so we'll send you a nice big fat check, buy the Orioles from you. You don't have to worry about it, and off you go. You can retire and have fun. Why not? Dealing with this headache... With this massive dispute, all the money they're paying the attorneys, I'm telling you, I'm a little worried. And I I would think you would be too if you're an Orioles fan. I mean, everybody I talk to, they, the reason they don't go down is they, they don't feel safe in Baltimore. A couple of years ago, I know it was basically like a, uh, a big elephant in the room nobody wanted to talk about. And everybody was on the radio and, and TV networks were saying, oh, no, it's not because of that. It's, it's because of the prices of tickets. No, it's because people don't feel safe down in Baltimore, especially when you're seeing articles about it's the most dangerous city in the country. So that is a big factor. So you got that. Nobody wants to go to the games. Now Massa Network is all fucked up. I mean, it's not the. it's a scary time. If you're an Orioles fan, you're part of the Orioles organization, So I'm going to keep an eye on that. I'm sure we're all going to keep an eye on it. Everybody's talking about it today. (laughs) Man, I don't know if we're going to be able to see the rebuild the way this is turning out. So not only are we going to uh, keep our eyes on this rebuild, if we're going to be able to see it, also going to keep my eye on this situation, the massive dispute and what's going to happen. And Vegas is just sitting there putting their feet on the desk. 
rocking back and just waiting for that call from the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, boy. A lot to go over today. Uh, but before we get into everything, all right, I get asked all the time who I know who's going to win in these games, football, basketball, baseball. I, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. I don't know. But I do know where I go. The answer is my bookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Between their live in-game betting, endless props, and fantasy sport wages, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks in the sports book business, they've been good to me, and we know they're going to be good to you. Now, they're hooking my listeners up all month. Visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code CHAOS, C-H-A-O-S, CHAOS. When creating your account to claim your 50% bonus, laying down $100, you've now got an extra $50 in play. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. Promo code CHAOS. You play, you win, you get paid. There we go. One more, folks. Again, I'm just trying to hook you up here. SeatGeek. We all know about SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket-buying experience. They help you out, folks, and I'm trying to help you out. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, Let's see Keek do the work for you. We've gone over this. I'm just reminding you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, show, whatever it is you're looking for, and they rate them on a scale 0 to 10, obviously to let you know you are getting the best deal for your money. A green dot marks great deals. Yellow dot, good deals. Red dot, not so good deals. All you have to do is use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. Just like I say every week, that's two free beers at the stadium on them. Why wouldn't you do it? What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. They have the tickets. There you have it. Hope everybody had a good week. It's time to talk a little Orioles again. All we can do is just laugh, right? How bad the Orioles are doing right now. We all knew this was going to happen. Just like we see all over you know, The Athletic and Twitter and The Baltimore Sun, all the articles that are coming out and seeing the tweets of people we follow, just got to be patient. Just got to be patient. So we're going to get into that. I got an email I want to read from a gentleman by the name of Alexander. Every time I read that name, I want to go Alexander. I don't know why. But anyway, uh, he's from Fairfax, Virginia. He's an Orioles fan. So I appreciate him being an Orioles fan. Thank you, Alexander. Instead of being a Nats fan. All the, a lot of baseball fans that I know down in Virginia, they love the Nats. But this guy, he loves the Orioles, and he wrote it in the podcast. He's a fan, and he wanted to tell a story of being at Camden Yards. By the way, I got a lot of great feedback on my dad's episode. Uh, He called in, he told some funny stories of when he um, got drafted in the minor leagues with the Orioles. And people actually asked if he played before that tryout at Spring Grove. If you didn't tune in the episode, it's called Hello, Father. And the story that he told right off the bat was Spring Grove back in the 70s had a tryout. Anyone could go and try out. Didn't matter who you were. Didn't matter that they didn't know who you were. You just walk on. And if they liked your your skills, uh, congratulations. Here's a contract. And that's what he did. He just walked on. But he people thought that that was like the, he just decided to walk on and start pitching. And they liked him. No, he actually played in high school, played in Little League, you know, growing up for years pitching so that was not the first time that'd be a great story if that was like he's like ah fuck it I'll, I'll try this whatever tryout these Orioles are doing I'll just walk on the field and it's funny they had it at Spring Grove baseball field times have changed right how they do things but 
He was the only one drafted out of that trial. Hundreds of players. That was pretty cool. He, he tells great stories. And I'm going to have him back on. It's funny, after uh, we hung up, it's like the next day he called me. He's like, should we do it again? Because I forgot to tell about this story and that story. So I definitely will have him on. Uh, I got a tweet from a gentleman named Tom on Twitter. He said, the episode with my father was great. Tom, I appreciate you reaching out. Thank you very much for enjoying that. And by the way, before I get to the email, just want to remind you, now's the time of year that I give away some Oriole tickets. All right, some good seats. It's just me thanking you guys for tuning in, being part of the show, helping me start the show from the ground up. A lot of successful things are happening with this show, and I really appreciate it, and you guys are the reason. So again, going to be giving away some free tickets. I'll get uh, a little more specific on the dates, usually June, July, around there are the tickets I have. But if you're interested, all you have to do, fullcountchaos at gmail.com, email me, say, hey, I tune in. I'd love some tickets. That's it. Put your name in a hat. I'll make the drawing in a few weeks because, I, you know, sometimes people take longer than others to get to the episode of me doing this. I'm not going to put it on Twitter or anywhere on social media. I just want the people who actually tune in to the podcast and are part of the show. So reach out, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. If you want a couple tickets to the Oriole games, feel free. They're yours. I'll put your name in the hat. All right, let's get down to business here. An email from Alexander from Fairfax, Virginia. He is an Orioles fan. Again, I stated how I'm proud of him for not being a Nats fan. A lot of Nat fans down in Virginia. Obviously, D.C. is closer, and they got jack shit down there with professional sports. So a lot of them hang on to the Nats. Alexander from Fairfax is hanging on to the O's. Here's what he wrote. says, last year I took my girlfriend to an Orioles game for a date, which was our second date. Since meeting and, of course, wanted to make sure we had great seats for a great night. He says, Section 22, Row 4, was our tickets that night. So we take our seats and we watch the first inning while having a great night together when suddenly a couple guys come walking up to me telling me we're in the wrong seats. These guys seem like a couple of cocky frat boys who are both wearing pink shorts, polo shirts, and wearing Sperry's. So right off the bat, I didn't like these guys. I said to them, these were our seats, and they must have the wrong section. I then clapped and yelled out, let's go O's, letting them know I am ignoring them from here on out. (laughs) Okay. He says, I could tell my girlfriend was feeling awkward with this situation, but there was no way I was going to let these cocky bastards kick me out of seats that I was convinced were ours. He says, finally... After those two guys and I were going back and forth for a minute on whether or not these were the right seats, I finally stood up, pulled out my tickets from my pocket, and said, Here, read this. Section 22, row 4, seat 1 and 2. Well, when I said that, everyone sitting around me in that section said at the same time, Wrong seat, man. I was so fucking embarrassed, I just wanted to walk out and leave the game. I realized I was one section over. (laughs) He says, I tried to act tough in front of my date that night, listening to these two dudes being pushy, not realizing I was the one being the douchebag. That was a long walk of shame, especially after making a scene. Luckily, we had a good night, and I'm still dating her to this day. (laughs) And when I get done kicking your ass, I'm going to kick yours. Alexander, appreciate the email, and it does take a big man to admit when you're a douchebag. I've admitted a few times on this show I'm a douchebag, and uh, I, I call a lot of people douchebags on this show. 
But yeah, that's a long walk of shame because everybody can see you walking to your seats. And then even when you sit down, those same people, all they have to do is turn to their left or right and say, hey, look, there's the douchebag who was arguing, thinking he was in the right seats. But we've all been there. I've been there. I I made a douchebag move when I was probably, I think, 21. I was with some friends. We sat down. Same thing. A couple people came up to us. And again, I think it was a family. I mean, that was a really douchebag move that I did. And I think the dad was just like, hey, guys, you got to get up. You're in the wrong seats. And I didn't even say, uh, no, I, I'm pretty sure these are our seats. I just went eh, like a buzzer. And my friends laughed. I even think I high-fived one of my friends. Like a really douchebag thing. Like an awful douchey moment. Not proud of. I probably shouldn't have even told that story. Because the Lord only knows how you're judging me right now. But we've all been there. <laughs> but I guess, you know, he says a couple of frat boys. Isn't that funny? No matter what the style has been in the past 30, 50, 60 years with clothes and hairdos and shoes you wear, that one style has always been the same. You know, they always think of the the polo shirts, The uh, and by the way, they're salmon-colored shorts, not pink, because <laughs> I think I even had a salmon-colored pair of shorts. But it's always the same style. Whether they were frat boys or not, I don't know. But I still see them walking around. The guys who look like they use a hair dryer to dry their hair. <laughs> and they have the uh, Sperry's or S. Perry's. What I've heard people say S. Perry's. I've heard people say Sperry's. I don't know. But I know what you're talking about. He was judging a book by the by its cover. Didn't like these guys. <laughs> but I think that's funny. I mean, I could tell in your email, you know, you wanted to seem a little tough in front of the girl. But it was the polo and the pink colored shorts that pissed you off the most. You know, these guys were probably fantastic guys. They're good people. But you said, no, I don't like them already. Get out of my face. Yeah, that's a long walk to the correct seats. So, Alexander, I appreciate you sharing. Thank you very much. Again, it takes a big man to admit when you're being a douchebag. Alexander from Fairfax, Virginia. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for writing to the show. Always appreciate it. <laughs> Once over likely spick and span, it's grand. <laughs> all right, back by popular demand, Gary Thorne segment, all about Gary. We love Gary Thorne. And every week, uh, you know, every day, every night when he's calling a game, there's always a few things that he says that we're just like, what the hell did you just say? So let's go down the list. Monday, John Means was pitching, and he hit a batter. It was a one and two count, two outs, nobody on base. And it was like the fourth inning. Well, the ball hits the batter, batter takes his base. Well, for some reason, Gary Thorne says, looks like the Orioles have decided to intentionally walk him. Why the fuck would the Orioles do that, Gary? All right, (laughs) I think it was tied up. One and two count, two outs. Why would you walk a batter? Think about why that would make sense. So, again, another reason why I love Gary. And, again, that same night, Monday, uh, someone sent me and said, John Means pitch hit the dirt in front of the plate. Some porn said, man, these umps just aren't calling those low strikes a series. <laughs> another reason we love Gary Thorne. So the ball hits the dirt. 
Gary just thinks, hey, the ump's not calling these low strikes. Yeah, no shit. Uh, Wednesday, I got notified. Cashner threw a 94-mile-per-hour fastball right down the middle of the plate for a strike. And Thorne said, nice changeup. Pitch fooled the batter. Um, the same night, I got a text that says, Thorne called Cashner's curveball a fastball when it clearly showed 83 on the plate, on the radar. Uh, here's one that I saw. Uh, when we played the White Sox the other night, Abreu came up to bat and Thorne said Hebrew. He said it like two times. I don't know. Somebody else verified it with me as well. A friend of mine, I said, did he say Hebrew? And my friend was like, I, I text back and was like, I swear that's what he said. I don't know. I just continue to notice how many times he's wrong with the pitches, the situation that's going on. That's not too bad going over the past few nights. I'm sure there's a ton more. And look, every series, he's always getting balls and strikes and fastballs and changes. He's getting the pitch wrong constantly. But if you ever hear him say anything, anything's completely asinine, whether it's about the game or just something about his life or some other, whatever it is. Reach out to me. Let me know. Love to hear about it. Again, every week, going to do a little Gary Thorne segment. <laughs> Just more reasons why we love Gary. <laughs> Keep your eye open. All right? Keep listening. Keep watching Gary Thorne. Look, we all know this about him. This isn't new. This isn't like something that I started on my podcast. There's been Again, like I've said, there's Twitter pages out there about Gary Thorne and the calls he makes. I just can't get enough of it. So why not? Make it part of the show. I talk about him anyway. So keep me posted. I mean, the Orioles are so bad. I mean, even on the radio, TV, they're just finding other shit to talk about. <laughs> and they're doing their best they can. Trying to keep the uh, uh, the viewers entertained. I mean, Masson's a huge network. You got that many people watching. I mean, what the, what the fuck? Orioles don't get a hit until like the fifth inning in Camden Yards in front of all 1,000 people. I mean, what the hell are you going to talk about? And we get... We all get it. This is a rebuild. It's going to take some time. We understand. It's funny, Mark Viviano from WJZ, every now and then if you uh, tweet at him or respond to one of his comments, he'll chat with you for a little bit. And I made a, I, I retweeted his comment with a comment about, I said something like, you know, trust the rebuild, not your patience. Just basically my point was, look, you're just going to trust the process. You know, I know your patience is going to be screaming at you. Don't trust your patience. Just go along for the ride. And he said, well, patience is part of the process, blah, blah, blah. I think he misunderstood what I was trying to say. I was basically agreeing with him. But sports fans are not wired to be patient. We do understand what's going on. We all do. I don't think any Orioles fan, any Oriole fan that I've talked to probably in the past six months, it doesn't, you know, they're not going, I don't get what's going on. Why aren't they going after the best players? Why aren't they spending money? Everybody knows what the hell is happening. We all know it's a rebuild, but are we wired to be patient? Sport fans, fans is short for fanatic. We want to see the team winning. It sucks ass sitting through a rebuild, seeing how bad they are. It's an awkward time to be an Orioles fan. I mean, I'm a diehard Orioles fan, obviously. I maybe miss 5, 10 games, if that, whether I listen to it on the radio, watch it on the TV, or go to the stadium. But me being a diehard fan, it's kind of like an awkward, weird, you know, time to be a fan because, yeah, I'm one of the people who admit, look, I don't want to go down to the stadium all the time and spend a lot of money, which you do. I get some people can buy $10 seats, sit there, have a drink, and they're good. 
Unfortunately, when I go down there, I get something to eat. I'll get a couple drinks. I'll spend a little couple extra dollars on a good seat. So to do that over and over on a product that's pretty damn bad, it, it's kind of frustrating. You feel I feel like a dick saying that, but it's true. But I'm going to continue to watch them on TV and listen to them on the radio for free. <laughs> Again, it sounds like a bandwagon bullshit fan. I get it, but it, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of how we all feel. But I'm just worried because you, you hear these rumors about them moving to Vegas and fans that I talk to and friends and everybody out there, they, they go, yeah, I, I, I get it. It's a business. They're not putting butts in the seats. Even when they were 2014, 2016, 2017, I just remember the Orioles in September, they were battling for the division. They were playing for the playoffs. And there was still only like 65% people filling those seats, man. Friday night, Saturday night game against the Rays. Not that uh, Saturday night was a little better. I didn't. I actually didn't catch the game Saturday night. Running around, I actually saw the uh, comedian Joel McHale. <laughs> he was pretty funny. He went on for like an hour and a half. It's a shit ton of material, but he was pretty good. The guy who opened up for him, I can't remember his name. I think he may have been funnier. Sometimes that happens when you go out and watch these comedians. But anyway, not to get off track. But, again, weekend games, I get they're playing the Tampa Bay Rays, but, hey, if if you want to keep a ball team around, and especially with this Masson deal that kind of shit the bed for them, which was their main income, it's going to get a little shaky. You know, I get it's a rebuild, and we understand it, and they explain it to us, but it doesn't mean the fans are going to be understanding and still go down to the Camden Yards and spend all their money, and not all their money, but you get what I'm saying, and, 40, 45,000 people packing that stadium. It's not going to happen. You put a bad product, most of the people out there are not going to want to spend their money. So it's kind of a weird, awkward situation to be an Orioles fan. We want to support them. We want to be here for them. But at the same time, it's like, look, I'll go down a couple times a year, uh, especially when it's just bad. But I love my Orioles. So who the fuck knows what's going to be happening coming up in the next few years it's just scary to even hear the words relocate it's not good one other thing that's not good and I feel like this is a depressing episode I'm just venting look it's a tough time to be an Orioles fan I keep saying that but it is hey look the bright side is can only get better right I mean with the pitching look Bundy had a good night Saturday night and the Rays are definitely not a team to laugh at they are very good this year pitching and batting but in the month of April, the, the numbers that I, I'm seeing get thrown around is just unbelievable. So I just, <laughs> just kind of wanted to go over these. When you read these, you're just like, hey, the good news is it's only going to get better, right? Cue the music. Okay, let's go over some of these numbers here. Orioles pitchers have given up the most hits in the majors with the exit velocity greater than 100 miles per hour. That's fantastic. 73 home runs month of April, 76 so far. Uh, Orioles also gave up 189 runs in April, 176 earned. They gave up 295 hits, second worst in the entire league. Seattle is at number one with 298. Uh, The Orioles pitchers had 220 strikeouts, third worst in the league. Uh, the Orioles are on pace to allow 401 home runs this season. That's 55% more than the current record, 258 by the 2016 Reds. Uh, the Orioles have been out-homered 75-35 to 35 over the 
uh, games in April. And since 2000, the Orioles have only had one starting pitcher with an ERA below three. <laughs> and Rick Dempsey was on 105.7 the other day. They're like, what the hell's going on? He thinks catchers might be sitting too far back, catching pitches low, not getting that low strike. Ah, whatever. Blame it on the catchers. And they're just giving up fat pitches. And yes, the seams on the uh, baseball are lower. And yes, that means they're going to travel further. So a lot of batters these days are just swinging uppercut. They know the ball's going to travel further. Why not put on a show? They're all trying to crush a home run. I mean, Manny crushed one the other night off of uh, Kershaw. Holy hell, that ball. He launched it. But, you know, he's always had an uppercut swing, but that swing, that uppercut swing was like, holy shit, where did that come from? And Gary Thorne. I mean, when he's calling the games now, when the Orioles pitchers give up a home run, he's not doing his goodbye home run. He's just like, oh, unbelievable. He goes, here's another home run. And then as the ball goes over the fence, he just does his goodbye home run. This is ridiculous. Uh, bullpen has looked good lately. Klein looks good. I really like that kid. Uh, I hope he d- continues to do well. Hey, by the way, completely off topic. I'm just looking down on my emails to make sure I didn't forget any more. Uh, there was one that I forgot about a couple weeks ago, though I did email him back. I just forgot to make a part of the show. His name's Derek. Uh, he's wondering what the hell I'm talking about on a certain topic. So I'm going to get to that in just a second. But uh, if, if you're like me, you belong to Dollar Shave Club. I love it. I swear by it. I, I, two blades. That's all I need. They're sharp as hell. I think they're uh, sharper than Gillette and all the other blades that you know have like nine blades on the head. But anyway, the emails that I'm getting from them constantly are all about wiping my ass. <laughs> so if you belong to Dollar Shave Club, are you getting these emails as well? Uh, it's all about, uh, you know, I'll, I'll see, I'll get an email. I'm trying to pull it up right now. It says you're wiping your butt wrong. There's one. Uh, one says you're wiping the wrong way. Uh, where's the other one that came like three days ago? It says, wiping can be more fun. Like, what the hell are you so concerned about how I wipe my ass? I want my blades so I can shave, and let's move on, Dollar Shave Club. No need to talk about wiping asses. I don't need that. I'm good to go. I know how you do it. <laughs> front to back. Don't go back to front. That's a no-no. <laughs> and I don't know. Spending enough money. Don't need that. So I got an email from a gentleman by the name of Derek. He writes in, he says, uh, hey, love your podcast. Now, when I see that, when an email starts out with love your podcast, I have a good idea the next paragraph or the next few sentences are going to be like, but here's my problem. Uh, But his email says, uh, hey, on your prior episodes, I'm just curious, how the hell can you say you're having more fun watching this team than the prior teams with Scope, Adam Jones, Matt Wieters, J.J. Hardy, Manny Machado, and all the other guys I'm sure I'm forgetting right now. Uh, Appreciate the email, Derek. Uh, Here's what I mean by that. And again, it was fun watching home run after home run. Who doesn't like watching a game filled with home runs? And especially with the balls, with the uh, seams, how they're causing the balls to go farther. Holy hell, it'd be a home run party. Every fucking day, and even in the summer when the ball carries even more because Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope are crushing the ball right now. So is Adam Jones. But anyway, the reason I say that is because when you watch that team, it was home run or bust. And even last year, it was miserable. Now you're seeing fast guys, stolen bases, double steals, hit and run, suicide squeeze, 
Uh, these balls are hitting down the line and they're getting triples. I mean, that's fun. Okay, like last year when they were losing, we weren't seeing that. At least now, look, they're losing, but the, the game's still exciting. Last year, they were losing, and all they were doing was hitting home runs. They'd hit maybe three home runs, score eight runs, but the pitchers were giving up ten, so that was frustrating. But it wasn't exciting. Yes, Manny Machado hit a few uh, Grand Slam walk-off home runs. Those are always fun to watch, regardless what your team's doing. But that was it, home run or bust. Now... Getting to see a lot of fun players. Uh, even Richie Martin, Ruiz, I mean, they're gloves in the field. They're fun. I mean, the outfield's a shit show. The outfield's been a shit show for years. And with Trumbo coming back, we're probably going to see him in right field again. Hope to God not. But that's what I'm talking about, Derek. You know what I mean? It's more fun. Regardless whether they're losing or winning, you want to see that stuff. You like to see guys like Jonathan Villar. I mean, the guy's doing great. He is really fun to watch right now. Hitting doubles and triples. Start, I mean, he's been starting the last few games. I think this past week, it's like three games. He started the game off with a double. That's fantastic. So to watch a team be home run or bust is boring in my opinion. And there's some guys out there that will you know, bang their fist on their chest and go, that's all baseball's about is hitting the long ball. <laughs> I love the other stuff that come along with the game. Steals. Hit and runs, you just didn't see it. And that wasn't Buck's way. Buck didn't like batters bunting. He didn't like giving the other team an out. Now, I don't know if uh, Brandon Hyde's calling these bunts, but the players are bunting a lot, and they're getting on base. And when you get on base, <laughs> that's a good thing because you can get them home and score a run. See how that works? And again, once Villar, Richie Martin, Ruiz, any of those guys who get on base right now, they can steal a bag. I mean, Villar, he gets a single. It's almost an automatic double. So that is a lot of fun to watch. And we know they're not going to make the playoffs this year. If they do, holy hell, <laughs> that'll be pretty fucking amazing. But while they're losing, at least they're still exciting baseball to watch. And Lord only knows what the hell this team's going to look like in the next few years and whether or not they're going to be here. And that's one thing that we're going to keep an eye on. You know, I, I know the uh, uh, rumor for years has been that the Orioles are going to relocate. But now, for some reason, it just has that different feel because of what the shit show that happened with the mass and dispute. That kind of makes me a little nervous. Because the Angelos family may be like, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. I'm done. Here you go, Vegas. Enjoy your baseball team. Thank you for the check. And just seeing that nobody goes to games anymore. But anyway, hopefully we can still have fun. Again, Derek, thanks for the email. You can reach me anytime. Full count chaos at gmail.com. Till next time. See you.